Afternoon guys, it's uh, Phil and Fred here, uh, bringing you your latest episode of Proof is in the Podcast. Today we'll be going over some huge topics that have happened recently, including the City FA Cup win and a little tribute to Vincent Company after he calls time on his Manchester City career after winning 12 major honours in 11 years. Uh, we'll be going over the Gareth Bale issue uh, with Zidane and uh, we'll be including the potential Mbappe linking of, um, to Real Madrid. We'll be going through a bit of transfer talk with you guys, so um, there'll be quite a few rumours that have been speculating around uh, online recently. Also, the Graham Potter move to Brighton that should be getting uh, announced later on today. He's uh, agreed some terms with Brighton, so we'll be going down to the south coast. And we'll be giving our team of the season. We're going to kick off this podcast this week talking about City's FA Cup win on Sunday. And the last game for Vincent Company, the legend himself, the Mr. Man City. But let's start on the FA Cup. 6-0. Fairly easy for Man City in the end. Yeah, um, it was sort of um, first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. Watford had a massive chance to go in front, didn't they? But um, it just shows you, though, when City get a bit irked, they just, they, they just take liberties with you, don't they? And they just go for the, go for the throat. And then it got sort of a bit embarrassing, but a lot of teams have been a lot of teams have been uh, battered by Man City this season, so it's no shame, but it's a bit disappointing for Watford. Is it? Do you think it's starting to show that that in the Premier League now it's run by money? Money matters. I think that's a lot of talk coming out of this game that Watford couldn't keep up with a, the financial quality of the City players. I think money plays a part in in a lot of it, but you could look at Manchester United that have spent millions and gone the other way. Yeah, I think I looked at something that said uh, Man United spent as much as Man City since twenty twelve when they got took over. So and they are they're miles behind. So I think money in terms of the hierarchy of the Premier League and then everyone else that's sort of from seventh downwards, then yeah, money's money just there's a massive gap, but. As you can see, the season Wolves are sort of they spent a bit, but they've not spent loads, and they're sort of closing the gap between themselves and the top six. I think Everton are doing the same. So, yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be very unbalanced, like how it's spread out money. Uh, but yeah, Man City are just I think what it is with Pep Guardiola is just getting the best out of players and is making players that were already there a lot better than they were. Yeah, it's like Bernardo Silva coming really, isn't it? A second string kind of player into potential. I mean, it was more rotation than anything else when he first come in, and he's he's proved to be one of their biggest players this season. Yeah, it, I agree with that completely, and the same with Sterling. Like he he's got better if that's a if he could have got any better. Last season he he did he had a magnificent season, but this season he's just gone on just gone on loads, and he's improved his positional play as well for an attacker because when he first joined Manchester City, he was sort of a winger's winger where he'd stay out wide. He'd sort of find a ball and sort of just linger out wide, but since Pep Guardiola's starting him every game, he's he's finding the six yard box where he's most of his goals have been them little tappings that you wouldn't expect to steal into score, but you've got to be there. Yeah, he's he's getting in positions where he knows his teammates are going to put the ball, and you'll get you'll get ten of them a season if you're in if you're in the box. So yeah, he'll bang on the line for one of the goals at the weekend. Yeah, he did try uh, try nabbing one, didn't he, off Jesus, but. Yeah, he's um just shows he's hungry for it. He's hungry for it. He wanted to score in the FA Cup final. Well, can can you blame him for wanting to make sure it was the second goal? 
so the game's not it's not exactly like it's four or five where you can leave it and defenders might even get back to it but it don't matter because you're that much in front or you just want to make sure that the ball does get over the line or was it I clearly just, I just think, I just thought you thought it were already over the line and he was just hitting it in there's like excitement that it's gone in yeah uh, but he didn't realise that it was sort of it was marginal on the line so but yeah it's he's had a magnificent season and um, Man City was way too strong for Watford that game carried on to get two more as well so it would have been a hat-trick if it had gone would down would have got an FA Cup hat-trick yeah um, it, they just blew him away that second half if that game had gone on ten minutes longer they'd have probably got two more but let's uh, talk about the last game for the big man at the back company yeah. he's, had a, he's had a fantastic eight years at Manchester City it's more than that 11, 11 is it 11, 11 years? years he's signed in 2008 yeah Jesus it's a long time yeah um He's been. He's become sorry. He's become a rock, hasn't he? The best defender over that period of time. Sort of when Man City first brought him in, he was playing as a CDM. He was playing in midfield where he, he we were playing for Anderlecht before he signed. But there's not been a better. I feel like companies up there with your Vidicas and your 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 Ferdinands and stuff for uh, the the impact he has on a club. Like, how safe would you feel with having Vincent Company at the back? Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's it's a shame as well because it seems like he's. He's had a few seasons out with injury and it seems like he's got his legs back. So it seems like he's come back into the game. I think stronger. he had more to give. Like I thought he could have had a potentially another two seasons. I think last season. Even I think if he, he didn't play every it, game. Yeah. Whereas I think he's chipped in with seventeen games this season. Which and the games he comes in for, they're always like even though he doesn't fit the type of defender that Pep Guardiola probably wants to start playing with along with Stones. He ensures that you're not going to concede many goals whatsoever. Like you probably concede one goal a game with Vincent Company in your team, and the presence he offers as well. He's sort of like Van Dijk could be that type of player over the years. Like he's looking like what Vincent Company has been looking like for the past sort of ten years. Yeah. I think kind of maybe even been idolised by Vincent Company playing at, playing in Belgium. Yeah, and obviously it, in the national team. He's um he's been he's never really had like a season where you thought oh he's. He's lost it or anything. He's always been that con that consistent. That legends legends are made by how consistent they are and how long they do it over. So he'll definitely be down as a Premier League legend. And he's uh, he's won quite the silverware as well while being at City. Um, four Premier Leagues, two FA Cups, four League Cups, and also won the Community Shield twice as well. I think that's uh, quite a good haul. Definitely, I feel like when. When like City started winning all these trophies, he's always been at sort of the heart and yeah. soul of it. He's the one that got it going. Him and David Silver have been there since it sort of the City dominance period started. So it's a shame to see him leave. But like I said, he's he's done what he doesn't owe anyone anything. He's done what he needs to do, and um, good luck to him as a player manager and elect his former club. Yeah, I think I think like I said, I think he's still got a few a few seasons left in him. And I think I think he will. He'll do a job, especially in that division. I think like I think he could have got another season out of the Premier League, to be honest. Yeah, I still think that. I think where it is with Man City, they are a bit of a ruthless club in terms of. Pep's probably told him that he's not going to get much playing time. Vincent Company's getting back to full fitness, so he'll want to be playing games. And it's just, I think it's a good move for both for both parties. I think I think he will be sadly missed in the Premier League. Yeah, you don't get many defenders like that anymore. No. Moving on, we're going to go into La Liga for the first time on this podcast. 
we talk about Gareth Bale and his uh, treatment at Real Madrid. How do you, obviously, Zidane said some quite horrific things about not playing him, and there's a bit of, bit of tension between them there. Do you think Gareth Bale needs to get out of Madrid? Uh, if I were Gareth Bale, I'd look to I'd look to move somewhere else, uh, definitely. But I don't know what it is between them because if 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 you look at it on paper, you'd think Zidane would want to work with players of that quality, like. He's, he's sort of been that player in his own career, do you know what I mean? Like, that sort of, that world-class attacking player that sort of... So, unless they've had... Unless they've, something's happened on the training ground or previous when Zidane was there before, but you can't... What's the saying? You can't spark your nose to cut your face off. I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's like one of them where... Is he just doing it out of stubbornness or is he... Um, yeah. Has he actually got reasoning to do it? Because a lot of a bit of personal vendetta kind of. A thing. lot of managers have big egos, so is it like a oh like is it? You don't want to give in to them playing him again, so it looks like Gareth Bale was always in the right. But he's their best. He's probably the best player at Madrid at the minute. Well, he had, he had problems playing in the last Champions League final, didn't he? When they played Liverpool. Yeah, but he he, he was one of them that he won him the game as long. Yeah, he, he fantastic goal. <laughs> and, and he won him the game against. Atletico Madrid in the Champions League before so it's not like he doesn't he's, he's like he's earned the right to be playing week in week out he's, he's their best player like on paper and he's he still puts a shift in with yeah, the he's, he's one of them that, like you think and you think well there's no reason why he shouldn't be playing like unless he's got an attitude problem but he pops up in massive games and he he wins games for him and since Ronaldo's uh, left Real Madrid he's he seems to be their best player but for some reason and it shows because of the results. They got beat 2-0 the other night. So Zidane might not even be there. <laughs> they've lost a lot of games this season. They've been, they've, they've they've been, been average at best this season, being very bad. But Zidane might not even be there that long if the results don't change around because no matter how much Real Madrid fans idolise Zidane, results speak and the fans are ruthless, owners are ruthless, especially at Real Madrid. So it could be that Gareth Bale is actually there longer than Zidane. Do you feel the whole situation could be tainting the name of Real Madrid as well I mean as players wanting to progress like Mbappe moving to Madrid is it could this potentially maybe put you off I think for some players yeah but you've just said then Mbappe I think I think players that go to Madrid to be the the, the vocal point so, so for example Ronaldo was probably the only one when he was at Madrid that felt he was the number one do you know what I mean like if you're the number one in that team, you'd probably enjoy it. Like Mbappe, if he went to Real Madrid, he'd be the vocal point. He'd be the number one. Everyone would be playing around him, so he'd enjoy it. The same with Pogba. I feel like players like that, that like they want to be involved in drama. They want people to be talking about them. But players that have got a bit about them in terms of like how they want the career to progress and what it'll do for them, then yeah, they'll look twice at it because Real Madrid's always been that club that they're ruthless. Like They, they treat you... If you if you're not if you're not bringing it home, then they leave you out. They they treat you with disrespect. It's like that's why Ronaldo left in the end because he probably got fed up of the the scrutiny that he was. He's getting forty plus goals a season for the last ten years. So if a player like that's getting stick, then <laughs> I think it's quite sad as well. Because I mean, it's a lot of people's childhood club. They, I mean, they always idolise Real Madrid. I mean, you always look at Real Madrid and the players that they've got, and it's seems a shame now that you 
you're looking at it and they're not what they used to be. They're not. No. Well, this season haven't been what they used to be. They. It seems like they're just. It seems like they've got the, the players, but they're just no understanding at all. It seems like the players are getting too much their own way. Maybe. I think Real Madrid are a bit. I think potentially the... maybe what might be happening at Man United with Pogba. It seems like Pogba gets his own way too much as well, and it seems to have affected the whole team. I don't know if it's. I think what it is with Real Madrid is because they've they've used to been getting their own way for the past fifteen years in terms of like success, players they want. They're going through a bit of a change where they're not. They're no longer the top team, so they're sort of. I think it's a bit of like not jealousy, but a bit of like frustration that oh we've got to do something to start getting spoke about again. They yeah. know Barcelona are coming back to what they were in two thousand nine, two thousand and ten. Uh, PSG are on the come up. I think even if Real Madrid to be fair were firing this season, I still think they wouldn't have kept it with this Barcelona side this season. No, I don't. They just a lot of teams are sort of are dropping off when other teams are getting better. So like Man City are on the come up. So. People aren't talking about Real Madrid as much anymore, so they, it's like they're just causing dramas so people start get like getting involved with Real Madrid again and realizing that they are still one of the biggest clubs on paper. But treating players like that isn't the way to go about it. You, you just winning trophies and and getting best out of players is is how you go about it. They just go about it totally the wrong way. So do you think Mbappe will end up? end up going do you reckon do you think they're looking at Mbappe as a replacement do you think they'll release Bale or do you think they'll keep Bale on I don't know it's anyone's guess yeah I think Mbappe would be the replacement for Ronaldo yeah because I don't think they've replaced him yet at all but I I don't get why they wouldn't because obviously talk about I'm not letting Bale go but why would you pay a player who's not going to play yeah, to sit on the bench or to sometimes maybe not even be selected. I think what will happen is Mbappe... The thing is, Real Madrid, they can't afford many players at the minute because they, they, they haven't got that much money. So, you can't... If they want Hazard, they probably can't get Hazard and Mbappe and keep Bale. So, they'd probably have to... If they wanted Mbappe and Hazard, which I still don't think they'd get both in the same season, I think it'd be one this season, one next. I think if they did, I think that could be a, a problem solver for him, to be fair. Yeah, it probably... Well, that from... Them up to two up top would be should be good enough to win them anything really, but I don't think they've got the money to buy both even if they sell Bale. So what they might do is buy Mbappe this summer and wait for Hazard to leave on a free next season from Chelsea. Yeah. So they get they don't have to pay anything for Hazard in in terms of a transfer fee. Do you think Hazard will want to be at Chelsea for another another it season? It depends. If if Real Madrid have a word with him and Chelsea have a word with him and say, look, we can't we can't afford to buy this year. Or we're gonna wait till your contract runs out. Have another year at Chelsea and then come to us. Do you think Chelsea would rather get a bit of money from them? Maybe getting replaced sooner rather than later. I think they'd rather keep him with this transfer ban that they've got. They get another year out of him because they can't sign anyone to replace him. So it might actually be worth taking the hit on the transfer fee. Well, because they can't buy anyone anyway. So there's been money sitting in the pot to pay wages. So they can't. They can't buy anyone. So they might as well keep Hazard for another year. Take yeah. the hit of whatever Hazard would be selling for. And then you've only got a year after that to then not sign players. And then Real Madrid might go after Mbappe, but they can't. It'd be it'd be really silly to keep Bale on the books. If if, you, if you're not going to play, you might as well just take your hit and just, just sell him. Yeah, so the situation definitely needs to be resolved sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's, it's one of them p- politics things at Real Madrid that it's hard to sort of know what's actually going on.
Yeah. So, we have a look at a few more transfer rumours floating about in the Premier League. We'll kick it off with um, Arsenal's reported bid for Wilfred Zaha, £40 million. Do you think he's, uh, he's capable of having an impact at Arsenal? Um, I think Wilfred Zaha would be... He's definitely worthy of playing for a top six club. Um, he's obviously tried it out at Man United in 2013 and it didn't work out he's still quite young but it's that same old story isn't it, with Arsenal they don't need attacking players <laughs> they need to um, be looking at the other end of the pitch because while they've while they've got that set of defenders they have at the club they're not going to be they can't win a title with that back four um, they need to they're, they're looking in the wrong places and it's it's just typical of Arsenal really I think forty million. When people look at the whole, you might think not too bad. But I've just got his uh, stats up here. He's only got ten goals last season and five assists. And for a key man at Palace, I mean, on the price that they're offering him, I mean, he's got he's got now more yellow cards than goals. This season he's got nine yellow cards and ten goals. Is <laughs> discipline more of an issue than his goals? Um, no, I think what it is with with big players in teams that aren't very good is that you can, you're only good you're only as good as the chances that you're getting and it's not like Crystal Palace are, are, are filled with with midfielders that are going to get you 10-15 assists a season Yeah. in a better team he'd be better if you know what I mean like if for example if Wilfred Zaha was either at Arsenal or, or at Man City that create 15-20 shots a game He'd be a lot better. His his, um, his stats would be far up there. Um, a lot of players are like that. That are like they play for sort of clubs that their stats don't look good because the players around them aren't very good. If you know what I mean. So yeah. I think that that one is there's something in that one because I know Wilfred Zahar has. I think he's told Crystal Palace that he does want to look at moving on from them. He has been saying it a few seasons. He's, he's, he's been sort of hinting for a couple of. I yeah. think. Palace have had a talk with him telling him to just stay I do think he deserves a chance I do think he's yeah. he is a fantastic player but with Arsenal being the right club I'm not sure I mean working with Aubameyang up top might, might be good for him but like you said I think Arsenal need to um, look more defensively and maybe in the centre of the park yeah I think Arsenal if Arsenal are going to start challenging for, for trophies again they need to get two centre backs in two very consistent centre-backs, a left-back and then a centre-defensive midfielder and just assure them up because they, they just lose daft amount of goals for... Well, look at their away record, for for example, in, in 2019. They were they were abysmal. They were abysmal at the back. So unless that changes, I can't see much changing with Arsenal as a club. But looking at defensive buy-ins, obviously City letting... Um, not City letting company go but company deciding his time's done at City looking for a um, a quality player to replace him they've gone straight eyes on Harry Maguire at Leicester I think potentially is one of the best centre-backs in the league he's probably the best centre-back that would suit City's way of playing Yeah, I don't think you can find a better centre-back at what City are after than Harry Maguire he might not be the best in terms of like if you're just to say the best defensive player, but he's a ball playing centre back. He's at a good age. 
and he can move with the ball as well. And he offers City what the City have been building this for years. Well, they're getting players in that Edison, for example, very good on the ball. John Stones, very good on the ball. Walker's very good on the ball. Zinchenko, very good on the ball. Laporte, very good. They're just getting really good playing ball centre backs. So Harry Maguire fits into that really well. And again, he he it's probably a good move for both parties in terms of Harry Maguire's career. Uh, he deserves a big move to one of the big clubs and for City as well. He'd probably be the perfect signing. Yeah. And then um, across across the uh, the city in Manchester, Man United got a keen eye on Ryan Sessegnon from Fulham, young young fullback. I think last season he was a bit under the radar, but the season before in the Championship he had a fantastic season. I think for a fullback scoring the amount of goals that he did and getting the amount of assists that he did, possibly the could be the wing back in the league. Yeah, I feel there's not many like out and out uh, wing backs around anymore that are sort of they've grew up playing that sole position, but he sort of fits what. He's sort of a bit like Luke Shaw in terms of Luke Shaw is a left back, but he he was a left wing back at Southampton and that's how he plays. He's not very good defensively. I think Sessignon again, I've not seen enough of him going defensively to how good he is. And he was great going forward and he gets in better positions than Luke Shaw does. He'll probably get more assists and more goals, create more chances, but it might just be that man you have to they sort of have to get players in that are not at the top of the pyramid in terms of what clubs are after. So they might have to get players in of that sort of Look outside level the box and, a little bit more. and make them better. And, yeah, and which Man United are renowned for doing. And need to build on that because they're not going to be signing the likes of 60, 70 million pound left backs and right backs because they're all going to other clubs that are, that are in the Champions League that are winning the title. Although they are after a very expensive centre back. Yeah, they're after they've just I've just been reading that obviously about Kulabali to apparently they put in a hundred and ten million euro bid, but Napoli won hundred and fifty million. That's getting outrageous for centre backs. So, I don't even know. I've not seen enough of Kulabali. I know he's 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 fought off highly in in Syria, but I think it's just inflation of how the market goes year in year out. I think if I look at it like this, if he's worth that. Company's probably still better than him now. So what would he be worth? Yeah, and he's he's just leaving. And he's leaving. <laughs> and I know the age the age plays a massive role in price. I know that, but you're you're paying for things that are, you shouldn't be paying for. So like that's just the way the world works. I know. But a lot of these players don't come over, and they, sometimes they can't do it. In the Premier not League. only that, they look they look a bit out of place. And I know people say, oh, it's, there's not much difference between other leagues and the Premier League. I think the diff- the big difference is how demanding it is. It's more yeah. More teams put you under more pressure than in a league like, for example, Syria. In Syria, you're going to get probably six or seven games a season where you don't have to be at it. In the Premier League, you have to be at it every single week. Yeah. So that's when you that's when you you prove how much you're worth. But yeah, there's a few here that I'm looking at. So obviously, next, obviously, you were talking about Kante. He's looking at the PSG move. It's it's I think he's more constant. I don't know if. I think that's more of a a, a rumour rumour if you know what I mean where it's, yeah. it's trying to cause up a bit of a I think Chelsea would would be in a lot of trouble 
<laughs> if Kante left for PSG. If Kante goes, I think... I think he'd be fantastic I think at PSG. he's the one holding it all together at the minute at Chelsea, and he has been since he's been there. Even though he's not had the best of seasons, I don't think that's entirely Pid's fault. He's, I think he's not a noticeable player, though. He does, he does, he does all, all the he work. Grinds. He wins the trophies, and he wins the games that you just know he's going to win, like... It's not a shock, so you don't talk about it. Yeah, it's a bit like company at City. Like he's that rock, that that guy. You won't. You'll always. You'll always say, "Oh, Sterling's done this," or Bernardo Silva. He's scored the goals for him. But you don't notice the players that do it week in, week out because you expect that of them. Yeah. So I think that's just a bit of a one that's like. A lot of these stories will just get. Yeah, a lot of them will get made up, but. Chelsea cannot afford. Chelsea to can't him. afford. Yeah, that's one way you could say you you can't you can't let him go. They need to hope that this is a rumor. With that transfer ban, they've got no they've got no chance yeah. if if he goes and Hazard goes or even one of them. Hazard, you could probably get away with signing Hudson Odoi on a longer term contract, even though he's out for a while, and making him your sort of. It will improve. It, it, yeah, you yeah. could make him your tar- like your target of getting sort of to be that. You're building your team around it, if you know what I mean, yeah. for the future. Which I think I hope they do it because it's nice to see good English young players just playing. This is literally I don't get why people say oh it's a risk. I don't see it a risk at all. I think younger players are hungry for it. They'll give you more effort. Yeah, they've oh, got definitely. something to prove, and yeah. he's very talented. Well, just looking through here, as we've been speaking about Zaha and Arsenal after wingers, I've just seen that they're also. Looking at Carrasco, another winger. Yeah, I am. Um, he was very good at Atletico Madrid, and I think he got linked to Arsenal before he went out to Ch- uh, China. Right. I think he got linked before, and um, Arsenal just didn't want to pay. The the, the time they didn't want to pay what they wanted. No, they're not going to compete with the Chinese. What Chinese league? Yeah, the Chinese paid. I think it was. I think it was in the region of fifty three million pounds for him. But I think because of his season in China, and he won't. He doesn't enjoy playing there. And he's not, he's not like at the top level like he was at Atletico Madrid. I think Arsenal are now looking at it again and thinking, what well, can get him for probably thirty, yeah. thirty-five. We've saved twenty million in a season and we've got him anyway. But yeah, he's he's one of them wingers where he's very good. At, he'll get you goals and he'll um, he'll definitely get a lot of chances in an Arsenal team. There, they're, they're great going forward. It's just like I said earlier, defensively they're they're shocking. Yeah, and. Um a big one that I think could potentially be a problem is Pogba. It's at Man United. I think he's, he's a bit of a stir going on there. So Pogba is a, he's a bit of a, a character at Old Trafford. Do you think he'll still be at Man United next season? Um, I don't. I don't think Pogba will want to be at Man United next season. Um, I think if I was Man United, I'd, I'd sit him down and say, "This is what we want from you." We know you're talented. We want this this other side of you to to come out. And I don't mean like you should be tracking back and doing all this other. He's not that type of player. You're not going to get it. He just needs to be consistent. He just needs to yeah. He just needs to look like he wants it every single week. Even if he if he tries his all and he doesn't score or he doesn't get an assist or he he doesn't do anything great, but he's trying. You can't. Your price tag shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to be told to try. Yeah. You're playing for the biggest club. Potentially in the world, not many people get the opportunity to do that. Match your price tag. Yeah. Obviously, they brought him through the ranks. But like, well. you should be, you should be giving effort without ex people expecting it. 
but the fans don't help that because there's players at Man U that are, are worse than him and they don't give it Lingard for example just because he's come through Man United Academy he doesn't give them anything he just doesn't get the stick he gets is because he's a Man United boy yeah. same with Rashford he's not been great what did what, what, what Keane say he's just he gets paid to be an Instagram yeah he's, he's, he's too busy showing off when like there's other people that are winning things constantly so yeah we'll, we'll see about that one in the summer now moving away from players we're going to look at managerial changes and uh, Graham Potter lined up to be announced later at Brighton what do you think of the uh, acquisition? Um, I didn't really know we didn't really know much about him, did we? Um, when he when his name come up, going to Brighton, we all we know is that obviously he's had a year at Swansea, uh, where he um he ended up finished tenth. But it was a bit of a bit of an up and down season. They didn't sort of push on till the sort of last third of the season. Um, but yeah, just looking at his obviously his his numbers of of sort of how many games he's won and stuff, and it's actually it's actually quite impressive. Um. Obviously, we're only at Swansea for a year, but before then he was at um, Ostersons for eight years. Where he says he played, he had two hundred and forty-nine games in charge of Ostersons, winning one hundred and twenty-seven, um, and his win his win percentage was fifty-one percent there in Sweden. So, it's it's just what Brighton are sort of. It's what what are they looking for? What are they looking to do? Because when you sack Chris Hewton, it's because you're looking to move on to the next. You're looking to move up yeah. the league. Because if you were just if you were just wanting a manager to guarantee survival, then they won't they won't have got rid of Chris. I don't I don't think he's Graham Potter's. As I said, I think they need someone to move on. I don't think he's shown enough in this division. He's not shown enough yeah. in the championship. Never mind showing enough in. Yeah, it's not like he's set the the championship apart. Like it's not like he's he's got Swansea back in the Premier League and then. I mean, they, they don't play nice football. Not they? anymore. They've not. No, they didn't really have a. If you if you were to ask someone like who's not a Swansea supporter like what were your favourite Swansea you won't really remember anything do you know what I mean they're sort of one of them teams that were up the mid table for all of the season they didn't particularly play a, a, a way of playing they did have a few good players obviously Ollie McBurney had a very good season Burson Selina had a, a, a very good season but in terms of he didn't do anything where you wouldn't expect a Swansea manager to do it's like Anyone who would have gone into Swansea this year would have probably that's probably the worst they've done mid table. Yeah. You'd have expected Swansea to be higher up with coming down from the Premier League. I think there were nine points off playoffs in the end. Yeah, and it weren't like a, they never had a promotion push. They were never in it. They were just sort of they got better as the teams had sort of guaranteed places and stuff. Obviously Brighton are gonna have to pay a bit of compensation to uh, Swansea as well. I think it's in the region of like three million. Yeah, it's it's Unless Bright, because we don't really da- dive into much as of stats as other people will, unless there's something underlying in his like that the stats show that why Brighton are going in for him. But I guess it's we'll just have to wait and see. I guess on that one because I'm still unsure whether he'll whether he'll do a, a better job than Chris Hewton did at Brighton. But, but like, obviously, with us based on opinions, what what's your opinion on this? Yes or no? It's, I think it's as simple as no. It's I think enough. yeah. I think in the first season they'll either they'll either be where Chris Hewton was, but it's it depends who they who they go and sign. If if he gives him a lot of money as well, he says go and sign your own players, then he could be like they could start playing 
football that Brighton fans probably want to see. But for me, probably similar sort of season. Yeah, I think he's after yeah. the biggest rabbit in the world out of the smallest hat. Yeah, I, so. think, I think maybe first season that he, he get he just gets used to being at Brighton with his players, getting his players uh, like into the side, but. It's an early change. It's an early change, and it's. I think with Brighton, this was a long-term change. I think, I think they expect that he'll be there for a, for a few years, so they can build, they can build sort of a team that will start moving up the Premier League. Yeah. And finally, after much thought from me and Fred, we've got our team of the season for the Premier League. Possibly a bit debatable. Some of the positions to some other people but we've seen fit that this is our best 11 we can come up with so we'll kick it off in the net we've gone for Alisson at Liverpool yep so Alisson sort of, he's kept 21 clean sheets in 38 games and he's made 76 saves and he's been an absolute rock at, in Liverpool's net I think I don't think any keeper maybe Edison only Edison comes close apart from that I think a lot of the points picked up by Liverpool have been because of Alisson Becker in the net I think he's a shot stopper yeah he's a big he's a big sort of figure in the net and um, he's improved them massively this season so moving on to right back we've gone for Doherty at Wolves yep so Doherty has got four goals and five assists this season. Uh, he's been an absolute, just he's been a nuisance at right back. In the in that formation that Wolves play, they play the three five two with the wing backs, and he's got involved in a lot of their play. He's great going forward, and he makes a lot of tackles. He's made seventy tackles, and uh, he he gets involved. He's very quick. He he has a lot to say in how Wolves build up their attacks so we've gone with him at right back it's very dangerous down side as well isn't yeah. it? in the middle we've got pretty clear choice for one of these the PFA player of the season Virgil van Dijk he's been an absolute rock at the back probably the biggest rock we've ever seen at the back probably the best looking rock hair at the back <laughs> he's it's a it's quite tidy haircut isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. as Troy Deeney says this is a He's fast, he's strong, he can fight, his hair yeah, looks good yeah, and he yeah. smells nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, a, he's been a beast, and he, at the back. Sort of, there were no sort of, he was always going to be the, he's the captain of the side, the absolute monster at back. He um, doesn't concede hardly anything. He's a, obviously, he's only been on one yellow card as well, so it shows yes. it doesn't need to make exactly. tackles. He, he knows just, what he's doing. His presence is just, he makes a lot of. Um, a lot of blocks from that standing up. I remember against Tottenham when um, Musa Suzoko were running through and he wanted to square it to Son. And Van Dijk just stood up and he just jockeyed him to, to put him onto his left foot, knowing that Musa Suzoko is like a. He relies heavily on his right foot and he's not the best at shooting. So he sort of he sort of made his mind up for him and he just. He does things that makes it look so easy, but it's just. He's just the best defender in the league by a mile. Best centre back in the world? Um, there's an argument for it definitely I can't see anyone that's better but you could obviously argue the likes like Ramos are still as good but probably for me probably he's yeah. probably the best defender this season in the world 
And then I'm going to go with the man who's just left Man City, Vincent Company at the back. Uh, I think this is more. <coughs> I think this is more like a, a cameo one for his inter really. I think obviously he's only played 17 games. Yeah, so he's played half of this season, and obviously the big goal against Leicester was it, it wasn't the, it wasn't the finish, it was the it was the way it happened and the importance of it, and like I said, he's probably had the one of the most when he's been involved the best seasons. Like he's coming back to his best, his his fitness is getting a lot better, and he's probably played a big role in that season, even though he's only played half the games. So I think he deserves that one. And then another Liverpool player, third yeah. Liverpool player we've got. got Andy Robertson at left back. Isn't it he's not he's not chipped with any goals, but eleven assists this season. He's been the him and Alexander Arnold were another call that we sort of left out, whether you guys agree or not. It's we sort of wanted to bring in players that aren't all from because we could have had a team of Liverpool and Man City players. Yeah. But we wanted to include players that have they've been very good in teams that are lower down in the league. Um, so yeah, Robertson, 11 assists, played a massive role in Liverpool's defence and probably the most improved player. Yeah, he's become quite a captain role as well, hasn't he? I mean, he's, he's yeah. not afraid to voice his opinions, he'll get himself back on the pitch, tell people what he wants. I think the most surprising thing about him is when he came from Hull, I didn't see why they bought him. And then, since then, he's been an absolute... He's been qualities. Last, I think he's been the most improved player and, like, from Liverpool last year. Yeah, oh, definitely. For sure. Moving into the midfield. Yeah, so in the we've gone for a four-three-three formation with we've gone James Madison in the middle. Um, so Madison has got seven goals and seven assists this season. He's been vital in um, since Brendan Rodgers has come in as well. He's been vital in uh, in all their goals really. And Vardy have been linking up well. Um, I think next season will be an absolutely that massive season for him. Um, under Brendan Rodgers, with a, a full uh, pre-season behind him, Madison will be probably Leicester's key man, uh, and he will have, in my opinion, an unreal season next season. Dead ball specialist. Yeah, he's quality from a free kick. He's potentially one of the best in the league. I remember seeing his free kicks at Norwich and thinking he's definitely going to be playing in Premier League next season, just from... The the way the way he plays, like he finds pockets of space, is he's sort of that that height where he can sort of he can just float in between defence and and midfield, and he can just. It's almost like a relief for Leicester, isn't it? I mean, getting the ball, he'll do, he'll just if there's no space in the game, he's got a potential. Just yeah, to and he's, create he's it. yeah he's, he's he can he can pass he can pass the ball, can't he? So he's really good. And then um, either side, we went for we went for Christian Eriksen. Um, with eight goals and twelve assists this season, um, what do you think of? Really, yeah, what do you think of Eriksson's season this this season? I think he's had a, a terrific season again. Like Madison, dead balls, corners, free kicks. He's always going to create problems and and cause a bit of a stir in the box. Yeah. And I think just to have that that bit of pressure on the edge of the box when you ball can just roll out to him, and he's he's. One of the best finishers, I'd say, in the league. Is I think so what clinical. Christian Eriksen offers you is goals from outside the box. If like you, you want that from your midfielders. You want goal yeah. scoring midfielders. You if it's want, rolling out. You you want a man there. You want creative midfielders. And Christian Eriksen, like, he'll chip in with goals, like, and big goals as well. So like when Hurricane obviously went out with the injury, he he was popping up with goals and yeah. like not a lot of midfielders do that anymore. You don't find many, like eight goals is a lot for a centre midfielder. Yeah, like in this current it is. day. 
And he's, like I said, he just pings the ball left to right. Again, another right. dead ball specialist. A bit like Madison with his free kicks. He can score. He can score um, from outside the box. He gets in. He gets involved in play. A lot of the play goes through him at Spurs. So I think we had to include him this season. And then um, on the other side of midfield, we went for what I'd call City's star man this year in uh, Bernardo Silva. So Bernardo Silva got seven goals and seven assists. Um, I just wanted to ask you, obviously, what, how much do you think's improved from sort of the start of the season when he was sort of a squad player? Well, yeah, originally they brought him in to be yeah. to be that squad player. Yeah. Um, I feel that he's just he's a completely different dimension. I think he's. He can play in centre, he can play out wide, he'll, he'll rotate with the wingers, they'll all switch inside, he'll get into the box, and he'll, not, he'll not just aimlessly put it across, he'll, he'll take three or four of you on the box. I think he's what Man City expected out of Riyad Mahrez. Yeah. And I think he sort of took that role from Mahrez, and then Mahrez has sort of been left on the side, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I think when, less, when, sorry, when City signed Mahrez, they expected sort of them, them little... Them dribbles that you can you can get into the box, it can it can find a pass after after getting in those positions. He's got an end product. I think with Mares, he sort of. I think Bernardo Silva's decision making is the difference between him and Mares. And it, Silva, he'll go for the full ninety five minutes. Yeah, whereas like with Mares, I think he, he sort of gets to a point where he should make the right decision and he he does something different. Whereas Bernardo Silva will. Nine times out of ten, he'll do what Morris is doing in terms of dribbling into the box. He's become the player that you look at. The yeah, you, team now. you give him the is ball, him? and you know everything. What you want everything to go through him. So that's why we put him in because he's probably the most improved player from when City first bought him in, and the season he's had, his influence has been second to none. So we'll put him in, and then the front three. We um, there's quite a few names for this one. So obviously, if you guys think different, then obviously you can tell us your reasoning for it. But we went for, on the right, we went for Raheem Sterling. So Raheem, obviously, this season has been obviously talked about like a lot. He's got seventeen goals and ten assists, and he keeps he keeps improving. Season so season. yeah, so I just wanted to ask you again, sort of same as like Bernardo Silva. How do you think Raheem Sterling's season seasons improved from last season? Well. Last season, all he used to do was hold the touchline. He was just down the touchline all the time. Yeah, he did chip uh, in with goals, but he still weren't that predator yeah. box player. Where and I... now he's just from down the middle of the pitch to his side. He just he covers every blade of grass, and especially yeah. in the box. He's in the back of that six-yard box at Forstick all the time. You, you know for a fact if City get one side of the six-yard box, they're gonna have at least three, four players in that box, and there's always gonna be Aguero in the middle and Sterling bang behind. Yeah, and more times usually it's, it's rolled straight through to Sterling, and his finishing has got so much better. He's missed a few, a few, a few from closing, yeah. but compared to what he were last season, he's even said himself he's he weren't, he's not the best finisher. which is that's probably his weakness, but this season I think he's just he's turned it on. I feel this season the the one the, there's two things that have impressed me with his progression, and that's his shooting. I think. Pep Guardiola told him, "Look, if you're gonna you're gonna be getting into these these positions, put him away. That much you're gonna need to put nine out of ten of them away. Yeah. And also, it's his temperament in terms of last season. He used to sort of panic on the ball and give like he used to play the easy pass and he used to sort of panic when he was getting in them positions. But I think this season he's been so like cool and like collected when he's got in that in them um, in the box that 
he's took away the majority of his chances. He doesn't get loads, but the ones he gets, he's took them, and you can tell with the 17 goals. And the 10 assists are all like from his incredible dribbles into the box and just putting across the box for like Mahrez yeah. or Aguero to go on the end. It's up. basically symmetrical to what happens when it he is. gets his goals. He plays the exact same role on the other side, putting the ball across. Yeah, it's sort of. They're all inter- interchangeable, aren't they, City's wings, in terms of. They can all play left and right, they all get into the box, they all score. Similar amount of goals, apart from still in the top, so like way out in front. But they, that's what I like about them, that they can play virtually anywhere and they don't they don't get any worse. Yeah. So definitely for Raheem to, to be included. The young player of the season as well, young PFA player of the year, so that's well deserved uh, for, for on and off the pitch for what he's done for football this season. And then on the other wing, we... Um, we both sort of disagreed with this one a little bit, didn't we? There were two sort of two or three names. But looking at stat wise, yeah. But we we just went purely on the fact of his goals and the impact that he had on the season. So left wing we went for Sadio Mane, twenty two goals and one assist. Um, do you think he's been Liverpool's most influential influential player this season? No, not as an individual. I think as a front three. I think the ball being the best one out of the yeah three. yeah well I'm not even say the front I'd say that maybe the two of the front three obviously Salah yeah I think he's learned a lot of Salah yeah and I think he plays that sort of, he's he's got his he's got his legs back and he'll just run it you know and obviously we know Mane's deadly finisher but I think he's I think he has picked up a lot from Salah because he makes the same kind of runs now just obviously yeah. down the other side and I think they utilise him a bit more I think last season it was all Salah now it's fifty fifty. It's, they don't have to go through Salah. They yeah. can go through Mane. I think towards the end of last season, people picked up that all the time it's on Salah's toes. Now they can just play it down one side, down the other <coughs> side, and it's both. They're both devastating. I think with Sadio Mane, I think he's he's had the most impact on their Champions League run this season because he's chipped in with. I think let me have a look. I think it's seven, six, seven or eight goals that he's got in the Champions League this season. And also, I think the same debate we had about Raheem Sterling last season, I think that can be applied to Manny in terms of he's got better at finishing. Yeah. He's got better, like, he's more composed, you know what I mean, in front of goal. He doesn't panic or, like, snag a chance anymore. They're putting these, these chances the way that they're getting now. Um, so, we went with, in the end, we went for Sadio Mane. Uh, had a, a massive, massive season at Liverpool and... Helped him to uh, to second place, just missing out unfortunately. Uh, and then for up front again, we had a bit of it was split, weren't it? A bit between um, between Aguero. Aguero and the man we actually picked, and we picked Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Yeah. yeah. So twenty two goals and five assists, and he played he only played 30, 30 starts as well, which is impressive. Terrific. What do you think? Um, what do you expect of him going into next season? I think we'll do much more of the same, but I think, honestly, I think Aubameyang's had a lot of chances this season as well. I think he, he could have, honestly, got about 30 goals this season. Yeah, he has missed a lot of e- what yeah, I call I, easy I, I chances. I wouldn't say he's missed, I said they've just been out. Cause he, you find him, he'll chuck himself in towards the ball, so he'll slide three or four yards to try and get the ball. No, no other players do that, so it makes it look a lot like he's getting close to it. A lot yeah. of other players will leave it, but oh, he'll chuck yeah. himself at everything. Yeah, he's, he runs after everything, doesn't he? And obviously next season, I think when the quality gets there and they realise he's just that little bit out of it, 
they'll pull it back a little bit more. I know they'll commit to going to end it. It it will commit for everything. For me, the difference as to why we picked Aubameyang over Aguero is purely based on the fact, (coughs) pardon me, that Aubameyang's got to do it in a team where he's not going to get as many chances as Man City because the quality is just not as good. He has to. He's sort of the only person that does get the majority of goals. There's no one else really chipping in apart from Lacazette. And also with with Aguero, he's a lot of his chances are they're on a plate. If you know what I mean, they're sort of six yard tappings. There, he doesn't have to do. He doesn't have to work as hard yeah. for his goals. So that's the only difference I could pick. Obviously, some big mentions to um. Uh, so some players that missed out, so Hazard, Ryan Fraser. You had a big one on Rondon as well, didn't you? Rondon, yeah, Newcastle. I just felt like he had a very, very good season. And in a Newcastle team that they're very defensive, but they don't score many chances, I felt he could have definitely been in. I feel like Jean Martini at Wolves, another very good season. Uh, there are a few players that sort of missed out, but only just. And then um, Jimenez, maybe as well. Jimenez at Wolves, they had a very good season. Any one of them players could have been you could put, yeah, I think you could have put yeah. any one of the Wolves 11. Yeah, definitely. In that side. Massive achievement they've had this season. Yeah. And then, um, so, talking of Wolves, our manager is um, Nuno Espirito Santo. Um, European football, playing first Europa season in Premier League. He wrapped up seventh spot. Um, just, what, just, well, you've really said it then. What do you think of Wolves' season? I think it's terrific. It's been fantastic. Um, I think obviously big Portuguese influence now in the side. I think they all want to. Obviously, there's all one big understanding there. They all want the same things. They all want to go out and leave everything out on the pitch. Yeah. And I think they, they've got that. I they've think they're all this. players that give a hundred. Like they never look out of place, or they always look like they're no. trying. They, you yeah. don't get any passengers in that Wolves team, and that's no, what I really like about it. They'll all leave the socks out on the pitch. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I mean, even before the games, when you look at Wolves, every game is pumped up. It is. Every game is massive at Molyneux. And that's how it should be. Do you First think season, Premier um, League. So, do, you think they'll, um, do you think they'll push on? Do you think they'll be looking at the top six and thinking that they can break into it? Yeah. 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 Do you think that's sort of Definitely. the next step, or do you think they just want to sort of consolidate this seventh spot? I think it would, um, I think next season, they'll have a, um, they'll have a bit of a wake-up call when all European football starts rolling through yeah. as well. Um, because they have to expand and have some squad players in there. Definitely. Um, It'll be um, more, more draining when we on the players and the more games. Yeah, but I mean, within the squad that they've got now, if they weren't in Europe, I think top six would not be, I would not be surprised. Yeah, I, I want them to push on because I think, I think the top six does need freshening up a bit. I think there needs to be teams that, obviously Everton have been on the, the cusp for ages, but I feel like Wolves are probably now. <coughs> taking over so yeah that's our, that's our 11 our manager alright so so um, that's sort of our Premier League team of the season um, let us know what you guys think and um, we will be back um, we'll be back later on in the week uh, on Thursday we will be um, obviously bringing you the latest news of what ha- what's happened through the week. Uh, Graham Potter probably will have been appointed by then, so we'll we'll um, give you a reaction to that. Um, come and, and check us out on um, obviously come and check us out on Twitter where we upload sort of news. We'll upload all our podcasts there. So um, just want to say again, thanks for listening, and um, and we'll um, we'll see you on Thursday. And we'll see Bale at Plymouth Argyle in the next few weeks. <laughs> bye from me. Bye from me.